0: Love Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Jeff Godbold. I'm your host, and you're listening to Corralis Radio. Um, For those of you who uh, weren't tuning in, uh, Dayton and I decided to uh, do a little recap um, of this past week. And uh, I want to see if Dayton, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right. So uh, this is Jeff, your host, and Dayton, your co-host. How's it going, Dayton? It's going pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Um, Real quick, if anybody uh, wants to uh, call in, uh, the number to call in is at uh, 646-478-5691. Not that anybody on the East Coast would be up. Uh, We didn't uh, promote this uh, that much. It's kind of last minute, but either way that's the number feel free to call in if you have anything you'd like to to add so um what's going on Dayton uh not much just
1: relaxing um I got a three-day weekend ahead of me and uh there's actually a reptile show in uh Pialop Washington this weekend and I I think I might go check it out
0: oh cool yeah uh we had the uh, Sacramento Reptile Show here um, a couple weeks ago, and you know, there's a there's a few um, friends here that I've met through the forums in the Sacramento and Greater Sacramento area, and everybody kind of, you know, that I had talked to had said that you know it's mostly a ball python show, and and I kind of expected it to be similar to like a Repticon show back. that I was used to going to back in Jacksonville. And they are growing a lot. You know, they're getting bigger. But I was amazed. It was almost as big as the Daytona show. So there was a lot of ball pythons there. But they had some other cool stuff, a lot of of chameleons, which kind of surprised me. But it's kind of nice to go to these shows because you can find some hidden uh, rare stuff, I guess. So...
1: I I've only been to local shows um but you being on or having lived on both east and west coast um is that your first show that you've been to on the west coast?
0: No, actually <laughs> that's kind of funny you brought that up. Um my my first show on the west coast was in the was the San Diego uh Super Show in 2004 and that's kind of what got me back into reptiles. Um after I Took a stint um, after high school and spent two years down in South America. When I came back, I think I'd been back about a year, moved out to San Diego to work for a buddy of mine, and just was bored one day and decided I'd go to the reptile show. And it kind of hooked me back into my love of reptiles from when I was a kid. So that was that's the only other reptile show I've been to since I've been out here. And, you know, so... Okay. It's a pretty awesome show too by the way.
1: Uh well, I hear that you know that some of these shows on the East Coast are really big and and the local ones that I've I've only been to ones in Oregon and uh the local ones I've been to are relatively small. Um and yeah, there are a lot of ball pythons. Um but I've I've found my share of uh of uh treasures.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's kind of cool especially uh, with Corrales because a lot of times you find stuff that you know isn't isn't the norm, and um, you know. Whereas buying an import, uh, I'm not big on buying imports. Period. But you know, buying an import, Amazon's a little easier as far as acclimation goes than buying an you know uh, an import um, you know emerald. Whether well, you're not going to find an import basin, but an imported um, northern yeah but uh yeah i mean i really i kinda wanna make it make it to Timley. I've heard enough of my carpet python friends talk about Timley um to where that is kind of the show you know um um uh, my wife and I took out um i guess we took out one of those like credit cards through Southwest to where when you spend money on Southwest you're in frequent flyer miles like that was one of the driving forces behind us getting that so that I could, you know, go to, a, go to a show on the other side of the country if I wanted to. Um, so it works out cool if you, you know, pay your bills on it and watch your spending. You can earn like free flights and they're really easy to set up. So I'm really hoping to get to Timley next year. Nice. But, um, so yeah, man, uh, pilot episode. It was, uh, In my opinion, it had its rough moments.
1: (laughs) I'd have to agree with you on that.
0: (laughs) Um, For anybody listening, Dayton and I I have zero, I mean zero, um, radio experience. So um, it was, you know, there's a a definite learning curve. And I think we're off to a good start already because we're, not still talking about if the headphones are working. Yeah, that was our first uh, major glitch. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think once we got our guests on there, things started to flow. Um, you know, for anybody that didn't catch it uh, last week, we had Jason Hood come on and talk about Amazon tree boas. Um And we had Nick Mutton come on and talk about annulated tree boas. Um so uh I don't know. What what did you think?
1: Uh I thought the show went pretty well um when, once we figured out the mics. Um, that was just, you know, a technical difficulty. <laughs> um and, and there was no way to test it really um aside from being on air. So that was kind of. I'm kind of writing that one off a little bit. Um, yeah. For me, for me, the challenging part was um, sort of when to speak. Uh, with with you know three or four people talking, uh, you kind of want to wait your turn a little bit, and uh, and I I felt that was a little challenging, uh, and I also didn't want to cut off the speaker. Um, mid-sentence just to ask a question.
0: Right. Um, yeah, I, I also, it, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> About talking I,
1: I also felt it was kind of hard steering the speaker in a certain direction the way we wanted it to flow, you know?
0: Yeah. One thing, you know, I don't think anybody realizes, um, I'm sure Eric and Owen could attest to this or Nick, but um, you don't realize how different it is when you're sitting on the other side of it. You know, I, I've been a guest on uh Marilla Python radio and I've even, you know, listened to numerous episodes, but when you're actually hosting one, that's a that's a different ball game altogether. And you want to be respectful to the speakers, but you want to make sure you don't get super off topic and start talking about things to where – because, you know, we all love this this hobby or, you know, whatever you want to call it, and it's easy for us to get off topic. So we have to use a little diligence in trying to stay on topic without being overbearing to the speakers and and whatnot. So, you know, last year last week we did not plan on talking about Tinley at all. Um, and it wasn't bad to talk about Tinley, but it's something that we're – we had to make sure that we were steering back onto Amazon tree bullies, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that one. Was for you, was there something that you thought was going to be really challenging um, and it turned out to
0: be no big deal? Um, I Yeah. I thought we were going to have dead time. Like as far as like we weren't going to have enough material to talk about I mm-hmm. was afraid that we would not be able to ask enough questions and it was actually the opposite. We ran out of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have- go ahead. Oh, uh, never, never mind. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> no. Well, well <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I was, uh, I was wanting to, to comment, you know, um, Probably the my favorite part of the episode, of the the episode though, was the, the annulated tree boa talk. Just because they've always been a species that I've heard, of, you know, I've heard about. I've seen pictures of them, but to actually talk with somebody who successfully bred them, and you know, can kind of give you know earned advice on the species was, you know was really cool to me i mean and that's that's no no slight to jason you know um i love amazon tree boas i love cordillanas i've i've kept cordillanas for close to a decade but you know not too many people have annulated so i thought that was kind of a treat what about you Uh, yeah
1: I, i did enjoy that part um more as well uh I think we could have talked more Hortolanus with Jason than we actually did Um, and and a little more in depth. But it was cool speaking about a species that I don't really have any, I I don't have any experience with and learning new things. Um, I really liked when Nick was talking about the divergence of the species. Uh, I thought that was
0: cool. No, that fascinates me. And, I want to do a full episode on that, Mm -hmm. but I just felt like it was a little too deep for our first episode, you know, but you know, when we get, get a little bit under our belts and I I would love to have an episode just about the divergence of the species. I mean, that, that fascinates me.
1: I, I totally agree. And, and, uh, you know, we had Nick on for, I don't know, it was about an hour, but, it's a little tricky uh trying to fit two guests into the
0: one one talk time. Yeah, and I I would agree with that. I I didn't know how it would go once we ran out of time if it would just record or if it cut us off, you know, because with this with this uh medium, you know, you you can't you can't really test it out until your first episode. So, we had no way of knowing what was going to happen whenever the stream went off of being live. We didn't know if it was still going to record or not. But um, I, you know, I think that we definitely could could. Uh, it, I think it, it's easier to keep it going in the right direction with one speaker.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree on that.
0: But um, you know, there's so many people that keep Amazon tree Bowl is that it's one of those things where. You get a guest on, you know, there's a dozen different ways to skin the cat. So they may express their views and what's worked for them, but they're living in a place with with completely different climates, and there's just you know a ton of different ways to approach husbandry and breeding Amazon tree boas because you know they're they're probably the most popular or the most kept of all the corral species. But to get Nick on talking about it's you know. That's something that people don't know anything about or very little. So Yeah. Um it was it was very interesting. Um so yeah. Um I'm kind of excited about the show. How about you?
1: Uh, I am too. And uh maybe you want to touch a little bit on uh what we have coming up.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um so October 20th, um, which is this next Sunday. Um, the deal, Okay, the deal with the show is we're doing this every other Sunday. So we're trying to do this biweekly. Um, we hadn't planned on doing tonight's episode, but because our first episode went kind of... We kind of boggled that up a little bit. Um, we thought we would do a recap because the intro and the ending just didn't go the way we wanted. So typically... We're just going to, you know, limit it to every other week. And sometimes we're going to throw in an off-topic episode uh, to try and, you know, add some different, you know, um, guests that can focus on different species. So, having said that, our next episode is on Sunday uh, with uh, Ed Marino, which I don't know about you, man, but, like, I'm stoked to get Ed on to talk about basins. I mean... Have you seen the, um, I think it's like his, I don't know if it's a line or what, but I know he has an animal called snowflake, and I think he's bred from that. Have you seen those animals? Yeah, crazy amounts of white, and
1: I do believe he has a line that he does call snowflake line.
0: Okay, well, he should, because it seems like whatever comes from that original animal is covered in white. I mean, he's taken crossbars to a whole new level.
1: A lot of his animals are really insane-looking. I've never seen anything like him anywhere else. Um, That's for
0: sure. What's funny is I remember hearing him on another radio show, and I don't remember which one it was, talk about um, the white uh, of his basins, and I remember him saying like, I really was not shooting for white. You know, he, I think he's a big fan I mean obviously we'll know Sunday he can correct us on this, but um I think he's a, a fan of just their t- traditional base and look with you know, the the three scale uh stripe down the down the back and you know, with the normal crossbars. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll we could talk about it more in depth.
1: I know he has a couple projects that he's working on currently with uh um one of them is a barbed wire, he calls them barbed wire basins and and uh the other one is uh he just breeds
0: for the size of the diamond. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I've I've never met him in person, I've never talked to him over the phone, I've heard his name for a long time. Um he's really shown a lot of support for the show. Um and you, you know what? Having said that, I kind of wanted to throw a quick uh shout out to a couple uh people that that pretty much made the show possible. Um one being you for responding to my ad <laughs> because I couldn't have done this on on my own. Um the next one would be uh Marilla Python Radio. You know, I feel like those guys have given us a ton of support they've they've definitely put plugs on their um on their episodes to try and get people aware and the other would be um uh, Andrew Paris who did our logo and banner design and kind of gave us the face to the name so to speak so he did um, a great anybody... job of... go ahead what was that
1: I said he did a great job with those by the way I I really like the look
0: yeah yeah um, they and if anybody hasn't checked out Andrew Paris's stuff um, he uh, you can find him on Facebook at uh, you know Paris Reptiles or you can look up Andrew Paris and um, shoot him a message or whatnot. really nice guy does a lot of work um, on the side for people. I mean, I I know he did Morale Python Banner. I think he's done Mojo Reptiles, uh, to name a couple. He's done Rogue Reptiles. I mean, um, he doesn't do web design, but he does the logos and the banners. And he's, um, you know, he does really good work for which I mean, you get a lot more bang for your buck. I think. Yeah. So, speaking of him. Uh you wanna talk about our off topic episode for October? Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: we'll be having uh Scott Powley on to talk uh No, he's last- gonna he's gonna be next month. Next month.
0: Yeah, we're talk- we're we're gonna have Andrew Paris come on this month.
1: Oh, okay. Right. And we're that's, gonna be talking.
0: That's on the- yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I totally messed that one up. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> it's it, it's a it's it, there's a lot to to take in when it's when we're just starting out, so I'm not worried about it. You want me to All talk right. about it? Yeah, sure. Why don't you go ahead and take that one? <laughs> All right. Um, well, we're gonna have uh we're having Andrew Paris come on on uh, October 23rd. Uh, I believe that's a Wednesday. It's just uh, Wednesday after Ed comes on. It probably won't be a full episode, but we're going to have him and his wife come on. His wife um, breeds uh, crested geckos. Um, I've always loved crested. Uh, I'm an arboreal freak at heart, so anything arboreal, I usually gravitate towards that. And I used to keep crested geckos, so I'm kind of interested to um, hear he and his wife talk about um, their uh, crested colony and uh you know what they're breeding and what they're working with and um and then we're going to have uh Andrew come on and Andrew's going to talk about um you know he's going to talk about having a web presence and um having a professional logo and a professional design and what how that can affect you, your name um you know because it's not like these people are getting to know us in person. I mean, they're getting to know us through the internet. So that's kind of, we rely on our self-marketing for, you know, our people's first impressions. And so he's going to talk a little bit about that and we'll probably dip into what he's working with as far as some of his side projects. He keeps a lot of Australian Python. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, we're going to, be having Ed come on and talk about basins on the twentieth and we're having Andrew and his wife talk about crested geckos and uh web presence on the twenty third. And um those are the only dates that we have, you know, solidified, but we've got some other stuff on the works. Do you want to talk about um talk about Gulf Coast a little bit?
1: Yeah. Um over the past couple of weeks, uh I've been speaking with Gulf Coast. And it seems like they're ready to, you know, come on our show. This will be, you know, um, another month or so out. Um, But me being a Hortolanus keeper, I'm really pumped for this one. And as far as I know, this is the first radio show that they'll be coming on to do an interview with.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about that one.
1: Yeah. I I mean, you know, they're, they're, it'll, it'll be a good, uh, Amazon Tribo talk. They're working with, uh, some exciting projects over there. And, uh, all my experiences with them have been positive. Uh, so.
0: I think yeah, I've never spoken a, with them.
1: It, well, they, they seem like nice people and they, they seem to know what they're talking about. And, uh, they have a they have a rather large uh collection of Amazon Tribos, uh, to my knowledge. So
0: So did I mean, I've never s I have never I did not mean to cut you off right then, but yeah, I haven't ever spoke with them. So have you guys talked a little bit about, you know, specifically what you're gonna be working with, or are you just still kind of you're gonna leave it leave it kind of open?
1: Uh, um we haven't like we haven't discussed the show and like what we'd be discussing on the show um but i i know they're working with uh that their hypo line um and they're the first people to produce leucistic amazon tree boas um they also work with a leopard line uh that they claim to be dominant or or that gene to be a dominant gene uh which which is different um from what was originally thought with uh John and Jane Camp who I think originally produced a leopard, or I don't exactly know how that goes, but that was supposed to be a recessive gene um but I do know that there have been several imported leopards uh so it is a possibility that there are different ways that this similar uh gene is is inherited it It might not be the same the same gene it just may look really similar.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you see that with ball pythons with, uh, you know, some, s- some genes expressing themselves in a like fashion and one being dominant, one being simple recessive or co-dominant. Um, so well, that may be the uh, Yeah, and, um, you know, I I know that, the, that their name has kind of been whispered um, as in, you know, is this stuff – you know, legit, you know, which naturally that people ask that question. And so I think it's going to be awesome to get them on and talk about it. So kudos to you for reaching out to them because um, they don't, you know, I, they don't know me and, you know, I I don't think that they really come on the forums that much. So um, I think think you did well there. Yeah, Um, they didn't even oh go ahead go ahead no go ahead i didn't have anything
1: i was going to say they didn't even come on the forums to post uh pictures of
0: their logistics. yeah uh so
1: yeah they they don't uh they don't do a lot of um posting publicly publicly and uh there was some negative response towards them um when that originally was posted
0: well, hopefully they can set the record straight, right?
1: I think it'll be good for them, and and uh, it'll be an interesting show. And I hope people tune into that one.
0: Yeah, and I hope I hope people tune in with open minds. First of all, I mean it's it's always hard to you have something ingrained in your head and you think it's this way, and then when somebody comes along and says, "Well, there's another way that it might be too." And, This is why I feel that way. Sometimes it's hard to accept that. So, you know, I had always thought, you know, that, you know, I you know, there's patronless Amazons all the time. How do you tell if it's hypo, you know? But when them coming on, I'm I'm excited to hear what they have to say, and I'm excited to hear it from a very non biased perspective, because I would love for there to be some different morphs that come into the Amazon, uh, planes you know, especially from someone that's actually proved them out. So that'll be pretty cool. Yes, yeah. Um, we've, uh, we've, we've had some other guys that have expressed interest in coming on too. Like, um, uh, Steve Volk, uh, has messaged us and said that he'd like to come on and, and talk emeralds or talk basins. Um, Lori Gresko, uh, Charles Kutris, to name a few. Um, Scott Pally, uh he may be our off-topic, I think, for um, November. Um, he wants to come on and talk about, well, we've asked him to come on and talk about mandarin rat snakes because um, he works with a lot of, he actually works with Amazons too, but, uh, Hortolanus, but he has worked with um, Asian rat snakes for years. So, um, uh, we're hoping that he can come on and talk about mandarin rats and also cave dwellers or, uh, they're the Ridley eye or Ridley, I don't know exactly how you pronounce it, but they make up that Chinese beauty complex and they are probably some of the most gorgeous snakes there are. And he's produced them consistently multiple times every year. So he's excited about coming on. We just don't have dates for these guys, but, you know, as we do have dates, we update them on our site update our site to to reflect that, and we'll make sure everybody knows about it on Facebook and everything. Um, who are some people you'd like to get on, Dayton?
1: Um, well, uh, I'm excited for our guests to be coming on, uh, the ones that we have in the works. Um, aside from that, uh, I'd probably like to get on uh, a Chondro guy at some point, a Green Tree Python guy. Um, I, I know I keep that species as well. Uh, so I, I'm sure those have been good episodes for the Morelia pythons guys, and uh, I know I'm always interested in what's going on there. So, right. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly who, uh, but but I think that would make for an interesting episode at some point.
0: Yeah, I didn't I actually didn't think about it, but I just it just dawned on me that Tad Duane lived like thirty minutes from me and he, he breeds a lot of chondros, and it's worked for them for a long time. So yeah, there's a bunch of I mean, there's a lot of chondro guys we could uh we could get into. You keep chondros now. I kept them uh exclusively at one point. Um I don't keep them anymore but I I still love the species for sure. And, or I guess the multiple species now. I, I'm not sure if they've been broken up yet, but it seems like it's after Daniel Matush, uh came on and talked about that, it seems like they're definitely headed in that direction.
1: That's what uh, I was speaking to Nick Mutton, and that's, that's what he was telling me, that it seems like they're going to break up into multiple different
0: species. Well, I mean, I think that's probably the way it should be. I'm of the mindset that, I mean, Phenotypically, you can see a huge difference in green tree pythons, depending on the locality type. Um, you know, with and you know, and then when you get down to the molecular level, um, you know, usually, usually the the phenotype is the last to show um, the difference. You know, um, mm-hmm. and you see it much sooner on the you know the genetic level and so you know i think it i think it'll be really cool you know and um i was a big 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 designer fan when i used to keep Condros and since i got out of it for a little bit took a little hiatus i've kind of gravitated more towards like just the bx and get those seem to be the two locality types i like the most and i'm not really even i try not to get super caught up in the designer stuff, even though that's what I always loved. I'm just kind of going a full spectrum in a different direction, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I I really appreciate the uh locality animals, um, you know, pure locality. But I also, you know, I can't help but love uh you know a blue condor or or
0: you know a mostly oh, yeah. black animal. It's it's just crazy the the variety. I think blues are nuts and biak outcrosses have always been a favorite of mine. Um, anything with biak in it, I think is golden. It's that wild card that your project needs. So that'll be cool. I, I definitely second getting a condro, uh, a condro um, breeder on to, to talk about some of this stuff. And I would like to get some, I don't know, maybe, maybe Ed Lilly or uh, he makes cages and, I'd like to get a cage manufacturer to come on and talk about caging and, um, you know, someone that knows the difference in materials that are used for cages and why, you know, obviously they're going to sell their product a little bit, but I think it's good for the community to hear it from a horse's mouth when it comes to stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Rather than someone that's, you know, you like, you like... you you've used some of bars cages you love bars they work great for you but you know if you were to get doug Barr on to talk i think it would be it would add a different element and so you know <laughs> i think it'd be cool to get a cage manufacturer to come on and talk a little bit
1: yeah i've uh ed Lilly's another guy that uh attends local shows and i've spoken with him and he he's a pretty cool guy i've actually been over to his house and seen his collection and, uh, he's got all his own, you know, he made all his own cages. So, I mean, it's, it's really nice and neat looking.
0: Yeah. Um, Ed, I've spoken to Ed a few times on the phone and seen his cages in person and he does do really, really good work and he's, he believes in this product. I mean, 100%. So that helps a lot because he believes in his product for a reason and, all you have to do is ask him about it and he'll tell you you know up one side and down the other why he feels like he uses the safest material for his snakes, you know? Yeah. And it's work, And it's works. So he does good work. So um let's see who else I I'm really interested in the scientific side of things. I don't know about you, but I'd really like to get Dr. Rob Henderson on. He's not um big on radio shows I don't think but uh, I know Mike Heinrich had talked to him a little bit um, and we were hoping that we could get him on to talk about his field research which is a really difficult thing to to get because not very many of us have actually been there but um, he had mentioned coming on the show for about for a short segment um, but he was on his way out to I think he was going to the Granada Islands to study, um, how do you pronounce them, Grenadensis, the Grenadian tree boas. Yeah. So that was a few weeks ago. So hopefully we'll hear back from him and, you know, get him on. I'd I'd
1: like to have him on the show as well. And and there's not a lot of, uh, there's there's not too many field researchers in the in that research Corrales. So he's definitely someone we need to have on at some point.
0: Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. Um, I think it's, uh, it adds an element to um, keeping these animals that is kind of vital. you know, if we can pattern our husbandry after, you know, what, they're observed doing in their natural habitat, I think that A, we're going to have better results, and I think that, you know, we're doing the animals their due justice, you know, they're they deserve to be kept the way that they were meant to, or have evolved to be kept, you know. Yeah. So, really cool, man. Cool stuff. I I'm stoked at the show, and I'm I don't know about you, but I did not think we were going to get this much support from everybody.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think the support is kind of what uh, pushed you into actually uh, getting the ball rolling, you know. And uh, like you had said uh, on the first episode, you weren't really planning on hosting, uh, but uh, no one else was taking the ball, so you kind of ran with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah that pretty much sums it up.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, uh, I think our first episode went fairly well. There were some, you know, rough, it was a little rough around the edges, uh, but we've got some exciting things to come and I'm, I'm pumped for it. And, and I think it'll, uh, continue to be better as we go along.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm really, really stoked about the show and where it's headed and, Um, you know, we would like to have two to three shows a month as far as podcasts go and eventually, uh, be able to then some shows and, and, you know, represent the Corrales community, um, by, you know, getting tables at shows and putting some of these animals out on display or for sale so people can see them and see how amazing they are. And, um... I think consistency is key. You know, like th- this, like tonight and last week, I have felt like crap. I've been battling a, a cough and a cold, and I really did not feel like doing the show because I feel like crap, and I'd rather be in bed sleeping. But I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bail on the show. I mean, that's, you know, so I think it's it's key to to make sure that, you know, for people that are. Really excited to tune in and make sure we give them the show that we promised them, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a commitment and uh, yeah, we need to see it through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, for anybody listening, me and Dayton, we are here for you. <laughs> <laughs> we are not going anywhere. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I don't think we really talked. Too much about ourselves last last week, so I kind of wanted to um, talk a little bit about how about you, so people can get to know you a little bit better. And I was hoping, you know, we could you know talk about us, you know, so people can get to know us. What do you uh, think? I, I
1: think I, I think I felt a little rushed to to get the show rolling, you know, and get the introduction over with, and and get our guest speaker on. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I, you know, kind of shortened my answers a little bit and uh,
0: to make that, you know, happen. So Yeah, we we had the script, guys, pretty much written out to where we wanted to go buy it, and it was pretty much my idea. Dayton was not feeling it, but he's like, I'll go with it if you want. And, you know, against my better judgment, I should have just, listened to my co-host and went ahead and just went with the flow. But I was afraid that we would forget things and that we wouldn't put the plugs out there that we needed to. And we wouldn't give everybody the contact info. And so I was stressed as hell about that. And um, I real I really needed to just do away with it. And I think it probably, um, I think that's probably the better, the better way to do it is just to give a feel. So Having said that, you want to you want to uh, tell us a little bit about, um, I mean, how you got into to reptiles, uh, or how long you've been keeping them, and um, I would kind of like to hear about what you're working with.
1: Okay, uh, well, um, I guess my interest in I don't know just animals in general has gone back to you know. Childhood before before I have any memories. Um, I was interested in uh, dinosaurs and insects and all kinds of stuff. And you know, I'd make I'd have my mom take me to the zoo and you know go catch spiders out in the backyard and uh, you know read me read me dinosaur books and stuff like that. Um, and as a kid, I always did. You know, stuff outside. So I was catching reptiles with my with my cousins and friends and stuff like that. Um, I never actually kept reptiles uh, until middle school. <clears throat> and my mom told me if I got straight A's for a term uh, that I could get a snake. So I did that, and I ended up getting a ball python. And that was back before they had all these morphs. And I think piebald ball ball pythons were selling for, like, 25 grand, (laughs) which now they're, you know, like 900 bucks or something. But uh, so that was my first snake that I actually kept was a ball python. And at that point in time, I was just kind of keeping what I thought looked cool or, you know, what I wanted. And uh, so I kind of collected a random assortment of animals, I had a jungle carpet python, a a savannah monitor, and uh, I kept them and raised them, and uh, when I got into high school, I got out of that a bit and more into just, uh, you know, I don't know, the scene with everybody else, and uh, so I ended up selling all the animals that I had, and uh, right after I graduated high school, I felt the urge to get into reptiles again for whatever reason. And uh, and I thought this time, you know, I wanted to focus on a specific species and, and try breeding them because I'd never done that before. And uh, so I did my research and I felt like Incubating eggs was going to be uh, a hard task. And uh, as a kid, uh, keeping emerald tree boas was sort of like the pinnacle of reptile keeping. Uh, If you could keep an emerald tree boa, you knew what you were doing, you know? Right. So I was kind of scared away from them still. I was intimidated by emerald tree boas, but I stumbled on Amazon tree boas. And at the time I didn't know, you know, a whole lot about them. I kind of researched husbandry. Uh but I saw this awesome looking animal for sale and it was like a hundred bucks. It was a it was a Halloween phase garden. <coughs> and it was a neonate, so at at the time it had these, you know, it was black and it had these bright orange markings. And I had just never seen anything like it. So uh I bought it and uh <laughs> and it the rest all took is off. <laughs> That's fine. I I actually still have that animal. Um it doesn't have the really nice orange markings that I had when I bought it. Uh, but that became my sole focus was uh Amazon tree boas and uh that was gonna be the species that I kept and bred. And now, uh, yeah, I have about forty-five of them, I think. Gosh,
0: you probably have <laughs> one of the largest collections in the country, then, of Amazons.
1: You, you, um, know, do you I mean don't people... know, But it's it's pretty big, and it's a lot I, of work. I
0: didn't know that you had that many. Um. So, well. Uh, I think it's awesome, that you still have that first Amazon. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you're expecting a certain uh tiger litter here pretty soon, aren't you?
1: Um, I actually just had a tiger litter. It's not I, I am expecting another litter. Um
0: oh, okay. but it's
1: it's not a tiger litter. Well uh,
0: tomato tomato.
1: Well <laughs> <laughs> the litter I'm expecting is uh The the first female that I bred, and I bred her back to one of her offspring, so it's actually my first official holdback ever, Um, and so I'm pretty pumped for it. Uh, You know, I don't know that anything cool will pop up, but uh, that's what's cool about
0: this species, and you never know. Absolutely. So, um, is there anything that you like to do besides reptiles? Anything that's kind of your, you have any other hobbies besides making killer Amazon free boas? Uh,
1: I just, I don't know. I, I like hiking. Uh, I like uh, photography. I've never been, I'm going to get off a little, little off topic here. I've never been, I could never focus on like taking a camera with me and stopping in the moment and taking pictures. I've never been that person, but I always love looking at photographs, especially if, you know, there is someone in the group that is that person that takes the camera and takes those pictures, and it's awesome. I really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> it's just not you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just not me. <laughs> right, right on. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, I mean, reptiles is pretty much uh, what I like to do. Um but I enjoy the outdoors and, and uh food and, and stuff like that. So.
0: Well, there you have it. That's uh <laughs> Dayton Croyton, co host of Corralis Radio. <laughs> That's yeah. a good man. <clears throat> so Well
1: how about you? What uh what's what started the uh, yeah, what started your passion in in reptiles?
0: Um, well, I think I've said it before, but I'll go. I'll give everybody a brief version. I I pretty much. Um, I grew up in in Florida. I'm a Florida native. Um, I've only been living out here in Sacramento, California, since February of this year. Um, but uh, where I grew up, um, you know, it's it's a normal suburban area of Jacksonville, Florida now, but back when I was a kid, you know, there was nothing out there. So I grew up running the streets, you know, surrounded by woods and ponds and lakes and, you know, 15 minutes, I grew up 15 minutes from the ocean. And so um, I did pretty much everything I could outdoors. Uh, And I loved uh, turtles. So I kept, that's kind of where it all started for me is I started keeping aquatic species of native Floridian turtles, um, and, uh, probably hybrids thereof. Um, but I, uh, I really liked turtles. I really liked, you know, um, being around water and, um, you know, in Florida, I mean, that's, that's prime reptile habitat. So if I could catch snakes, which usually were, you know, Corn snakes, uh, pygmy rattlers, moxins, Florida water snakes, um, black racers, garter snakes, any of that stuff. If I could catch that as a kid, I was bringing it home. Um, and my parents were not big on snakes. They didn't care about me bringing... I mean, I brought everything home from birds to whatever I could catch. Um, but they weren't big on the snakes, so they were never... Um, Permanent residents in my house But I did keep them off and on And you know I caught toads and all that stuff And really loved Wildlife in general Um, But uh, You know I started I I was very active and I I played baseball for 11 years And um, Played a lot of music growing up and so um, When I got to High school I kind of Got away from Um, wildlife side of it and reptiles. And I had never bought a, you know, I never owned a commercially paid for reptile. Everything I had owned was stuff that I had caught. And so I graduated high school and um, went to uh, uh, the Amazon basin of Brazil for two years for my church. And then um, when I was down there, that's kind of what triggered the, the love of reptiles again, and uh, once I moved back here to the States, uh, got settled back into American life, and um, went to a reptile show at the San Diego uh, Convention Center downtown, and um, bought myself a Queensland carpet python, and within a couple of weeks, I had ordered my second which I had shipped from South Florida and it was a bright red Amazon tree boa so Morelia and Corralis have always held a soft spot for me um, and that was back in 2004 when I got back into it and um, you know I, I pretty much did what a lot of keepers um, do when they start out I suppose and that's you know I kept kind of like this hodgepodge of, you know, a number of different species. And then I realized there were things that I wanted to focus on, and it was really just the arboreal stuff. I mean, and it wasn't – I didn't even really – I don't even think I knew what arboreal and terrestrial animals were at the time. I just loved stuff that hung around in the trees and climbed. I mean, that was – any species that I gravitated to, that's kind of what it was. And so, you know, I I really got into crested geckos. I really got into the carpet pythons. I really got into Amazon tree boas. And and I decided uh, after I had started keeping a number of different species um, that I just wanted to focus on Amazon and uh, chondros. And so, I sold all my jungles and um, sold uh, my coastals and everything and um, kind of just got into that, uh, just decided I would try and focus on those species, and I sold my crested gecko colony. And, you know, what's funny is that I, I don't know how some of these guys specialize. I can't do it. I There are too many different species that I think are fascinating in their own right, so... You know, um, I had a really nice Adam and Eve Vandavender line pair of carpets that I regret selling to this day, um, and uh, a really nice Tiger uh, Amazon tree ball that I regretted selling. And That was a nice Tiger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think anyone that saw that Tiger loved that Tiger. Um, bought it. Uh, it was produced by Danny Mendez. Bought it from... Um, Brian Barchak, as he, uh, I guess, was selling a lot of Danny's animals for him at the time. Great transaction. Um, but, you know, there, and, you know, the species they regretted getting out of were, you know, Amazons. I regretted getting out of my carpets and regretted getting or my jungle specifically and regretted uh, getting out of uh, Crested Geckos. So... You know, um, my so what, my life uh, took, a, took a different turn. And so I had to to once again get out of everything. So um, I had to sell all everything. And just this year, I started building my collection back up with a few species that I'm really interested in. And what does your collection consist of now? <laughs> um, I've decided that there are a few species I want to focus on. I want to focus on a little bit of everything. Um but uh, I guess when it comes to Morelia, um right now my focus is um Brettles Pythons and Jungle uh carpets. Mm-hmm. So um those are the carpet pythons that I'm really into. Um I- I'm a huge contrast guy. I love the colors and I love how uh hand-able they are. Um, I love the Antaresia complex. Uh so I kind of started this little joint project with uh, my ten year old um stepdaughter. Uh so we we picked up a um a female uh children's python from uh Justin Julander and we're working with those. Uh probably gonna get a male for her next year. Um, and uh I have kept Amazon tree boas in my collection for better part of 10 years um for the exception of the last year and a half and Mm -hmm. um started getting back into uh those i mean that's kind of the the corralis that i've always gravitated towards so um i'm wanting to work with uh corralis uh so uh specifically probably um Yellow, uh, orange, or red animals, um, and what else? Oh, and I think I'm going to get back into crested. I bought I bought our girls a, a crested gecko a couple weeks ago, and there they're really digging that. So, the you know, are, I have a excuse, huh? I, I was ahead.
1: saying that you know the are the, pu- the- the children are the perfect excuse.
0: Oh, yeah. That's the whole reason. The whole That's how I sold my wife on the children's python. I mean, <laughs> my 10-year-old didn't know what, what a children's python was, but I knew what one was. And it worked out good because it was a children's python. They had the word children's in the name. The only thing is, is that snake is not a happy camper ever. <laughs> so uh, my wife... Pulled me aside the other day and was like, "This is supposed to be a children's python. It doesn't even like children. It tries to bite everybody." I like it when you take it out because it bites you. And I'm like, "Oh, sometimes you just gotta kind of shake your head and smile." (laughs) So, um, yeah, those are the species I'm working with, and you know, my collection is not that big because I went from 45 animals to zero, Um, but you know, I'm building it back up and I'm keeping it manageable while uh while I'm in school. So yeah, that's that's my collection in a nutshell. Right on. <laughs> um Yeah, so uh I don't know um if there was anything you really wanted to talk uh to talk on but um I just kinda wanted to, to hit on last week's episode and just hit on what we're all about. And uh we've done that, so um I don't know. Anything you wanted to, to touch on?
1: Uh no, I I think we uh you know, covered the show really well and uh we touched a little more on, on uh ourselves.
0: Yeah, and I think that's uh that's cool because I I really like, you know, hearing about the hosts of the shows that I listen to and what what they're all about. So, um, I don't know. You you ready to wrap it up?
1: Uh yeah. I, I I think I'm good.
0: All right. Well, um for anybody listening, you guys be sure and check us out on Facebook at uh, www.facebook.com slash radio. Uh, you can vid- visit our website at www.corralisradio.weebly.com. Uh, we post all of the episode updates on there as well as Facebook. Um, we're still looking for some species pictures, so if anyone keeps any of the rare corralis species um, and they have some pictures to submit, we'd love to get some from you. Um, also has a little bit of information about us, about the show, um, and if anyone wants to email us, email us at Radio at gmail dot com. We'd really like to get some comments from you guys. If there's guests that you'd like to hear on the show, post it on our Facebook or send us an email. You know, because we wanna we wanna give you guys what you want. And um, yeah, October twentieth will be a real treat. I mean, huge episode with Ed, you know, talking basins. So be sure and tune in. That'll be 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, and we're three hours behind all you East Coasters. And, uh, yeah. Um, really excited. You? Yeah, I, I'm ready for next week. Yeah, man. Should be fun. So, uh, well, you're listening to corrales radio uh my name is jeff um co-host is dayton thanks for tuning in and uh you guys have a good night you have a good night dayton you too all right man bye who are you to wave your finger you must have been out your